Hello, friends. Welcome to That's Pretty Woo. Conversations about life, beauty, and magic. Because talking it out makes us all more connected. We're your hosts, Jordan Medina and Kayleen Seuss, two friends navigating the balance between making time for our work and passions while trying to be present in everyday life as mothers, partners, and citizens of the universe. Okay, let's chat. So our podcast is called That's Pretty Woo. And to get started, I thought we could just say, what is woo to you? So first, maybe we should do the actual definition of woo-woo since it's usually woo-woo in two parts. Yeah. We have our own definitions of what we think woo is, but there is an actual definition. So we'll give you that and then we'll give you kind of what we think. So the actual definition is unconventional beliefs regarded as having little or no scientific basis, especially those relating to spirituality, mysticism, or alternative medicine. I kind of think for my definition of woo, for me, it's, it's magic. Oh. It's, it's serendipity. It's kismet. It's coincidence. It's that little extra something that kind of everybody feels at some point in their life. Deja vu. All of those things kind of wrapped up into your own life. And it doesn't all have to be, you know, tarot cards and crystals and astrology, although I do enjoy all of those things. And those are all pretty woo. And those are all pretty woo. Yeah. I like it. Well, for me, I think it's interesting because I think woo is sort of dependent on perspective and time and history. So like some things that were woo-woo like have now become more mainstream and then other things have become absorbed by science. So like weather used to be like a very mystical thing. People would do like rain dances and it would be like the gods that determined the weather. And now we know like what I mean, I don't know, but scientists know what causes weather. And so that used to be like a really woo-woo thing that I think now like is just kind of part of everyday life. But maybe if you're a farmer and you're really dependent on weather, maybe you still have some like woo-woo practices or rituals that are tied into like how you interact with mother nature and the weather. So for me, woo-woo is kind of like this thing that evolves with time and it's more for me like a perspective or a state of mind. So yeah, like it could be crystals or it could be prayer or it could be just happy coincidences. So similar to you. Um yeah, and I think that woo woo is just like a a fun thing to tap into. And then it is you get into it, like it can become more meaningful. But sometimes it just starts out as like fun. Or, Agreed. Yeah. I actually think most people, even skeptics, have a little bit of woo-woo sure. going on. Like they all have some kind of woo-woo practice. Actually, Liz Gilbert was on the Marie Forleo podcast mm-hmm. and she she was talking about big magic at the time. So this was during the launch of that book. And I'm going to butcher whatever she said because she's Liz Gilbert and is just the most eloquent person. Yeah. But she basically was saying that, you know, she's of sound mind and believes in like science and reasoning and evolution, but she also believes in magic and it doesn't have to be one or the other. And I think when you look back historically, like what you were saying, you often find that they, they were kind of married, the two. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's only now that we've kind of become in one camp or the other. And I kind of consider myself in both as well. Right. Yeah. And I mean, like, well, you think about like medicine, medicine is a science, but then there's like medical miracles that happen every day. And so there is like, 
at some point you just have to kind of like put your hands up and be like, well, there's stuff that I don't understand at, at play here. And so for me, that's like what the woo part of my life is, is like grocery shopping isn't super woo. But if I was like, I have this idea that I want to like start tapping into my intuition to do meal planning. Mm-hmm. It's like such a basic part of my everyday like life is to plan our meals. And, and I've never done it, but I want to like set aside time and be like, okay, intuition, like what does my family need to eat this week? And like offload that and just, or outsource it to my intuition and to like the woo side of my life, because it's not something that I like. And I feel like if I like made it more magical, it would be more fun. So it can be like, woo woo can be like really big things. Or like you said, like crystals are a perfect like example of like woo woo, but then also like it can be everyday things too. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, you know, we're going to get into a, you know, in another episode, probably rituals And yeah, Mm -hmm. everybody has little rituals day to day that they do that revolve around setting intentions for themselves. And it can be down to making an actual list of what you're going to do with your day or writing in a day planner, or it can be you set your intention as you drink your cup of coffee. I mean, there's so many little things. And yeah, it's, I love what you said about it's just us not knowing. We don't know everything. And if you say that you do because you've read something in a book, like you still don't. You just don't know everything. We don't know everything. So that's to me what woo-woo is. It's just us not knowing. The unknown. The unknown. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so getting into some questions we kind of have for each other that we're going to answer. So, Kayleen, what's the most woo thing that you do? I mean, so when I was pregnant with my first kid, I got really into hypnobirthing. Do you know what that is? I do. I dabbled in it myself. Yeah. So hypnobirthing was created by Marie Monken and you can like buy the book. That's a great place to start. But it is essentially a process of self-hypnosis to like bring yourself to like a calm and easy state. So easeful state. Um, So that as you go through the labor and birthing process, you're like body's connection to in brain's connection to pain isn't like a hindrance because like you will experience pain. <laughs> That's part of the process. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was like a very woo-woo thing that I did. That's not like part of my everyday. That's like, but that's like a big thing that I think maybe... Again, it's like, what is woo-woo? It was like, it's a pretty different way of approaching birth than like the conventional way, but it worked really well for me. Oh, I loved the hypnobirthing. Mostly mostly it just put me to sleep, Um, (laughs) but I would listen to the recordings and I would play them loud in the room. So Nathan would listen to them too. And we would both just kind of pass out. And he's like, I don't really remember what it said. You know, it didn't help me with pain Mm -hmm. as far as like having the baby, but I definitely felt that it helped me be in a better mental state. And I do agree. I do believe that, you know, sort of that positive belief mindset and like, I'm going to have a good experience. You know, my birth was kind of crazy, really. Like, but then I still felt really good about it. Right. Um, so, and I do believe that that's part of what that was probably, set me yeah. on that path. Yeah, that makes sense. So like both of mine are hypnosis based. <laughs> so I also did RTT recently, which is rapid transformational therapy, um, which basically you have a practitioner. Mine was a, a woman who I met via Instagram, Rock & Co. She lives in Australia. And so we Skyped. And so we had a Skype hypnotherapy session. That's pretty woo. It's pretty woo. It's pretty woo. (laughs) And like from Australia to Austin. Um, And essentially what RTT does is it takes you into like a deep hypnotic state where you can dig around is the wrong term, but kind of like delve into your subconscious programming. And then the therapist can kind of lead you into different scenarios to kind of just see what 
is like the foundation of your subconscious that's guiding actions that you have every day now um, that you established when you were very young, that now with your adult brain, you can see like, oh, I understand why the child me saw things this way, but that's not like how I understand it now with my adult brain. Sure. So they kind of like help you like come to it. And it's interesting. Like I didn't have any like major revelations, like in the moment, the things that I went back to were like very basic stuff. Like me as a seven-year-old in the kitchen trying to help my mom and my mom being like, get out of here. You know, like, I don't even remember she, that's not, that was the vibe she was giving off. And it's like, I totally understand that because I've had my kids in my kitchen with me and they're not helpful. Yeah. No. So, but that the message that I received when I was a little girl is that like, I'm unwanted. Well, it's not like, that's not the message you're trying to give your kid when they're like help trying to help in the kitchen. You're like, well, no, I just need you to go in the other room so I can make dinner. So, um, but it lingers, it lingers. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's a foundational track that like is now in your brain that through RTT, you can kind of, um, unravel that and help yourself understand that that's not true. And then they put together, they make you a recording that you listen to for the next moon cycle. So it's, again, it's pretty woo, but it's also super backed by science. And so that's the thing with your definition that you read to us is that a lot of this is that it's woo woo, but there is a scientific proof or there could be if science researched it. Sure. Some of the stuff doesn't get researched. Yes. Oh, of course. I mean, half the stuff that gets researched, it's all correlation versus causation. So it's, it's really hard to say. Yeah. Um, that's funny because my, actually the thing that I do that I feel is the most woo is similar. It's, um, I do Lacey Phillips work and for those unfamiliar, she is basically, she calls herself a manifestation advisor and she has a, um, basically an online course work called the pathway and it involves these deep imaginings, which essentially is very, it's like RTT light. Okay. And so it's, it puts you in again, the theta state. So you're kind of in that. Um, What's that? The, so that's what this, the brainwave state that you go into when you're in hypnosis. Oh, okay. So that your brain becomes more malleable. And we go mm-hmm. into that when we're like meditating or, you know, there's various, like, I think it's like not sleeping, but maybe right before sleep. Don't, oh, don't that quote like, me on that this. like easy vibe. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But your brain becomes a little bit more malleable and it has to do with like, again, the neuroplasticity of your brain. And so she believes that instead of manifesting just from setting good and positive intentions, we actually manifest from a place of self-worth. And our self-worth is determined by, you know, our subconscious in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways. And so the idea is that you tap back into your subconscious, adjust the way you view the things that have happened to you. So similarly, like I might have an example of, you know, for me, something that popped up was like, I was really terrible at math in the sixth grade and having to be put in sort of like, I went from being in like an advanced math course with all my friends to sort of like a remedial math course and how how that affected my self-worth, which is such a silly thing. But then you do, you take these things with you like, well, I'm not good at this. It just lingers, sort of mm-hmm. what I was saying earlier. And so it is so interesting, but I do that pretty regularly um, because when you have access to it, you can do them. She recommends daily. I I probably do like three to four times a week. Okay. You know, the idea is that you like call in your list and you make this list of the things that you want. And then you kind of work through this. You do the work. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like, you know, positive vibes. But I kind of like that stuff too. I, I think that it helps you in your just day-to-day existence to kind of believe happier yeah. to think happier. So I, she's kind of anti that. I'm not really, um, but I do love her work as well. 
And so that's probably the most out there thing that I do. The other night I had one playing and Nathan didn't take to that one as much as the hypnobirthing <laughs> one. He well, was like for hypnobirthing, you guys are in it together, right? <laughs> he so was they can like, kinda, yeah. this one had us on a planet, you know, sometimes we're looking out of our belly button. <laughs> it gets weird. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty weird. What about, what about your belly button? Uh, you're, when you're going into like the hypnosis, you know, you're going down, down, down. And there's like, in some of her deep imaginings, there's this moment where it's like, your eyes are rolling back in your head and now you're gazing out of your belly button. It's pretty weird, but I love it. Every time I'm like, yes, yes, I see. I see out of my belly button. <laughs> oh my um, so that's up there. I mean, crystals are something I've done for years that I think is people would consider pretty woo. Um, they're really like, they're becoming more mainstream though. They so. are, but I think there's still like a lot of miss. I think people view them as like a trend now. Yeah. Whereas, I don't know, I've had them for so long. Like I've used to put them in my, you know, pocket at work. Um, really? Oh yeah, to help me get more tips. Like truly. Oh, and it, it worked. So, you, so it's like you're manifesting rock. They were Practice. definitely, um, the intentions for those were make my broke self some money. That's, and it worked. It worked. It did. When I would have them with me, I always, always oh, did better. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's funny because I was talking to somebody the other day about the placebo effect and they were like, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. Every, you know, the placebo effect is when you believe something is going to make you better than it will. And I was like, why do we care? Like, why do we care if it's placebo or not? I mean, I understand maybe from a medical or science perspective, sure. um, like if you're like for drugs in particular, like you don't want people taking things or not taking things. So I get that. But just in my everyday life, like, why do I care? If I, if like, if something is agreed, giving me a good result, I don't, I really don't like feel like using my brain space to determine if it's because it's like faulty magic that I'm believing in. And then it's tricking me into good things. <laughs> okay. Trick me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It, it, here's the thing about placebos. They work. Yeah. We want this like evidence and this hard, you know, this works and this doesn't. And life's just tricky like that. What's a woo thing that's happened to you? Okay. I've got a really, it's kind of a, it's not, I'm going to try to keep it not so lengthy, but I have a, a woo story. Okay. This is the woo story. So about God, it had to be like nine or 10 years ago because I was living in New Orleans at the time. And I have a sister who lives in Los Angeles and she's a little woo too. Um, my whole family's like dabbles in woo. Even my mom who, you know, we're from like the Bible Belt and she's, you know, Christian. But, you know, she she even has like a little woo that she does. Like she'll call it the occasional psychic or like look up an astrology reading. But so um, my, my sister Meredith for Christmas one year bought each of us from this little shop in Los Angeles called Angels and Other Beings. And she bought us each some crystals and she bought us these, she had these candles made by this lady named Ruth who makes these angel candles. And she like calls in a prayer and then writes it down and then puts it on the candle with the angel. And for me at the time, I was going through like a terrible heartache and so mine was like, you know, gaining self-worth and, you know, um, emotional healing from trauma, <laughs> like something like that. Mm -hmm. Well, my mom, my mom's was like a money candle. It was straight up like, bring me the money. Okay. <laughs> and my mom had like never lit it. And we were all on maybe like a text stream at the time, I think. Mm -hmm. And my mom was selling her car maybe like six months to a year later. I can't even remember. But within that time frame, she had never lit the candle. 
And she was talking about, you know, being a little bit nervous about buying the new car because it's a big expense. You know, you just kind of, those are things that you think about a bigger purchase. And so she was like sharing it with us um, as kind of her closest people. And so she ends up taking her car in, you know, to trade it out and get her new car. And she, we had told her the night before, we were like, well, light that money candle. Like you just never know. You know, we made a joke. So she did. She lights the money candle. Okay. So she goes in to take the car. And they're like, they tell her, they're like, ma'am, there's some change stuck up under the console at the front of the car. Do you want us to get it out for you? And she's kind of like, you know, it doesn't matter. And then as they're doing it, they're like, wait, this is something else. And they pull out what had been a missing diamond ring. Her missing diamond ring? Her missing diamond ring. So, of course, that's a huge chunk of money, (laughs) you know, that basically had been lost. I mean, she was like, it's gone forever. So she was like, oh, my God. Yeah. So this happens, and um, I would say, I can't remember how much time has passed since then, but my mom is like, the money candle becomes this, like, pristine object that we never will light because we now have to, like— In case of emergency. In case of, it's an in case of emergency, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, it's months, maybe a year later. I can't even remember, but I'm, we're, I'm with my mom in uh, Jackson, Mississippi, where she lives. And we go out with uh, my Aunt Barbara, who, um, you know, lives, like, next door to my mom. So we go out for dinner, and— we start talking, you know, we get on the subject of money. And then I start telling the story of the money candle mm-hmm. and the diamond ring. And my mm-hmm. mom is like, oh my gosh, like I had totally forgotten that this happened. I mean, my mom's kind of like that. She'll forget. And so, you know, we're kind of telling that story. And then my mom starts going on to my Aunt Barbara about, um, there was like a contractor, I believe, who he was like somebody my aunt knew as well, who had my mom had paid him for work that he had not done. Mm-hmm. And so he owed my mom money. And my mom had kind of been having to hassle him about it. Mm-hmm. And she was, she brings this up and she's kind of complaining about it. And as we're on the way home, I make a joke and I'm like, mom, light that money candle tonight. Like you just never know. Yeah. So she lights the candle and gets in the bathtub. And I'm just like sitting out in the living room and I hear a knock at the door. And oh. so I go to the door and there's this man. And this is, I don't know, like 7 p.m. on like a Sunday night. It's so weird. And there's this man and he's like, is your mother here? And I'm like, well, she, you know, she can't come to the door right now. Can I help you? And he's like, if you could just give this to her. And it was a check for the amount of money. It was the contractor. What? Yes. And so that's just such an example of like, this stuff works. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Like you just kind of have to free fall into it and believe and light your candle, girl. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's amazing. Yeah. Do you still buy candles from Ruth? So I be- I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think Ruth has since passed maybe, okay. um, but her shop does still exist. And so I've never been, but I would I would love to go. It's called Angels and Other Beings mm-hmm. and it's in, or Other Magical Beings, I believe. And it's in um, Los Angeles. It looks really cool. They have an online store as well. I checked before, before we recorded. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Wow. I don't think that I can hold a candle to that story. <laughs> well, let's see what you got. Let's see what you got. Okay. So I have like two small woo things that have happened to me relatively recently. So one of them is that I was um, getting ready for a coaching meeting. I just hired a business coach and um, I was like running around that morning. Like it was a busy morning, but I got ready and like, I wanted to like look good and feel good, even though it really doesn't matter. I just wanted to kind of like put my best foot forward. And I was out running errands beforehand. And I noticed like, oh, I forgot to put earrings on. And I have been like loving my earring game lately. So I was like, do I run home? And like, I had to run a prescription home to the house. So like I was at the pharmacy, picked it up. And then I was like heading back home and I went inside and I was like, no, nah, it's not worth it. Like, I don't need, 
I don't need earrings, whatever. It's fine. And so I go to my meeting with my coach. It's our first session. And she brought a little gift with her and I, and it was like a little, it was a very light bag. And so I open it up and it's some Palo Santo six, which Palo Santo is pretty woo. Yes, of course. It's like, what, so what is Palo Santo? It's like a wood, it's like a, it's wood from, I think Palo Santo. I don't know, (laughs) but it smells really good when you burn it. It just smells good, man. And it's supposed to like clear the energy, right? So that was like a very ceremonial gift. And I was like, okay. And then I had that awkward moment where you're opening a gift and there's lots of tissue paper and you're like, is that the whole gift? Yeah. You know, cause oh, I wasn't yeah. excited. Yeah. So I was like, is there more? Like, I don't ever know. I get so awkward. I don't know what to do. So I'm like, she's like, there's something else inside. And so at the very, very bottom was a pair of earrings. That's crazy. And I was like, you won't believe it. So I like told her and I was like, I never don't have earrings on. Yeah. Like, it's just so weird. And also she was like, I didn't know if your ears were going to be pierced. Like, you know, that, yeah, you don't ever know. You don't ever know. I mean, most people do, but like some people don't. And I feel like if people don't, they like made that choice not to. So you don't want to like offend them by giving sure. them. So that is like a little bit of a woo thing that happened to me. And then the other thing that was just, I think, so these are both like serendipity stories, but that's woo. That is. And me. it's like a, it's a feel good woo. Mm-hmm. I really like mm-hmm. serendipity. Um, So the other one is that a year ago ish, um, we were taking my daughter back to Ohio where my husband's family is from for, to like introduce her to the whole family. She was three months old. We had our two-year-old with us. And it was like that, that time we were like, okay, nobody came to visit for the second baby. So we had to like go to them, mm-hmm. which is fine. Cause mm-hmm. like their great grandmas are still alive. And so they got to meet them. So we're heading to Ohio and we fly through Charlotte on our way up to Ohio. The Charlotte airport's like really easy for us to do. We do it all the time. And, um, my dad and his family live in Charlotte, but we like never mentioned to them that we're like traveling through Charlotte. Cause what are you going to do? Meet at the airport? Like, that's ridiculous. Like you can't do that. So we are flying, we're on our connection. And for some reason I had both the kids with me. We land in Charlotte. I think Adam was like waiting for a stroller or something. My husband's name is Adam. And so we're like, we land, we get off the plane and Owen, my two-year-old is like running crazy, like through the airport. So I have them wearing the baby. She's like three months old. I'm wearing her. I'm chasing Owen and I come around a corner and my dad is sitting on the ground (laughs) That is crazy. And I was like, what? I was like, um, Owen, that's Papa. And so my dad like stands up. Owen like runs to him. He doesn't know that like he knew we were going to see grandparents. It's not like he was like, what? This is weird. Like he's mm-hmm, two. Mm-hmm. Um, and so come to find out our flight was like five minutes early landing. My dad's flight was five minutes late. They're like waiting for their crew. So we really only had like five minutes. And the Charlotte airport's pretty big. Like we landed two gates away from each other and bumped into each other. My dad was like crouched on the ground on his laptop. Like we could have very easily walked past him because, you know, it's just like, that's what you do. You get your like game face on at the airport and like breeze on past. But like for some reason, Owen, like basically Owen ran into him And like, so for, we got this like five minutes of magic where like my dad got to meet his granddaughter for the first time. And like, I felt so happy because like my family hadn't gotten to meet her yet. And we were going home to my husband's family. And so I was like, now it's like a little bit more even because like someone from my family's met her. So yeah, that was like a very magical moment that I don't think we, we couldn't have orchestrated it. Like it was a divine situation because my dad and I never talk about like our travel schedules. And even if we had, we would have been like, oh, we're going to miss each other by a few minutes because your flight, our flights wouldn't have connect like matched unless they were running late and early. Yeah. So 
That's so true. It's like, that's like one of those things I'm just like, I like one of the mantras or like intentions that I have very frequently is that things will turn out better than I imagine Mm -hmm. because I don't want to limit my experience to my imagination because I feel like my imagination is only based on like- limited. Yeah, it's what I know Mm -hmm. or what I think is possible. Whereas like something beyond my imagination can be so much better. That's such a great way of of looking at it. Uh, In Lacey Phillips' work, one of the things that you do- to manifest as well is to seeing is believing. Mm-hmm. And so she has you basically find role models, which she calls expanders. Yeah. And so now I think all the time, like, what are my expanders for this? So when there's something I want to happen, I'm like, well, who has this happened for? Like, and if you know a person, then it's even, uh, you can make it happen a little more quickly because yeah. it's like, oh, well, then you know it could happen because it happened to your friend. Yeah. And it's really interesting. But I I have taken that on a lot. Like, I really like that idea. Even when I was little, I always had role models. So right. I like the idea of calling it like, an expander because it it moves you along that path. And that's basically what you're saying. But I like the idea of saying like, I've never seen this happen, yeah. but I still believe it could happen. It's well, even better. <laughs> it's like, it's again, it's my like project of like outsourcing things to the universe because I'm like, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like, I feel like you have a very good like direction of like what you want. Sometimes you're like very action oriented. Whereas I feel like I've got, I have had that in my life before, but at the moment I feel like I'm very like, open to possibility. And I'm a lot more like into my feminine energy Mm -hmm, these mm -hmm. days. And so I'm just like, sometimes I feel like I don't know what I want. So let's just say it's going to be better than anything I have an idea about right now. Because if I don't know where I want to go, I at least want it to be somewhere good. And so let's just let like the universe take care of that. Yeah. I mean, that's how it should be. That's (laughs) how it should be. Yeah. I definitely am a little more, uh, I'm a list maker. I'm an action taker. Yeah, but I need that. So it's it's good because it's good to be, maybe you're my expander. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Taking action. It's funny because when in first meeting you, I would have thought you were the same way, actually. I think I have been. You have I, been. Yes, I think, well, I know I have. I, I mean, I definitely was somebody that like went after goals, like very tenaciously. Kayleen's and, an Aries for those listening who, yeah. that's, that's an Aries tendency, yeah. I do believe. Yes. Well, Aries are like fire and leader. Like anytime you read like an Aries like description, it's like the first of the Zodiac is the leader. And like, I'm always in the situation where like I'm taking charge. I don't always like that. Like, so lately I've been in this phase of like just leaning back a little Mm -hmm. bit more and letting things come to me. And that feels nice, but it leaves me feeling a little wishy-washy sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, I think by nature, it's like that when you're, when you're kind of allowing and letting things happen and non-directional, um, energy, you know, it is a little, it can feel a little wishy-washy, but I don't think, I don't think that's a bad thing. Well, as long as I just say, oh, I'm being woo, then it makes me feel better. Exactly. Because it's on brand. Yeah. And then and then it, maybe it has a little more direction, right? <laughs> You're putting exactly. it in a category. At least I have it labeled. <laughs> that makes me feel better. So what, Um, I have a question. So okay. when did you first know that you were woo? Well, I mean, my introduction to the real, like to manifesting, which I feel like is like at the heart of what a lot of people would say is woo woo was The Secret. And that movie, well, Oprah came out with like, she was really into it. And she was like singing from the rooftops about The Secret. And I think nowadays when people talk about The Secret, they send like a lot of people like poo-poo it and are like, Mm -hmm. oh, it was so cheesy and whatever. And I mean, so I think there's still some value in it. I mean, some of it is cheesy and ridiculous. And some of it is very like shiny object, which is an interesting, so like, 
I think sometimes people come to woo-woo through a money candle or through like a shiny object. And then they start to see that it's a lot more than that. So like maybe the shiny objects are the gateway to the more woo. I, I almost okay. think it's less than even just a shiny object. I think in some ways it's, I hate to use this word, but I do kind of feel this a lot of times is a desperation. Oh, yeah. Sort of like when people are wanting in their yeah. life and lacking mm-hmm. and curious. I mean, you know, I love, I have, I've fallen in love with tarot reading in the last year. I've really taught myself and it's something like I rely on weekly as a meditation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, thinking about that in the past and where somebody might have come from to be, to hear a tarot reading it would be like a place of wanting answers I need answers and I think that's a lot of times where people come to it and then when you get into it it brings you this sense of security and knowing yeah and it's funny that that's it's such a different energy once you really get in there but Mm -hmm. what brings you to it is typically the being feeling desperate yeah yeah that yeah no that totally makes sense so yeah I came to the secret like I was in college or like right out of college And I became like pretty hardcore about it and was like writing in my journals what I wanted to manifest and all of that. So I feel like that's when I kind of like discovered that like, oh, there's these things that I've always thought to be true about myself that now there's like a language for and an understanding for. And so I got into like meditation and I was like listening to podcasts about Zen and Buddhism. And um, that was so sort of like after college was sort of when it like clicked into place for me. Now, I don't know how long I've been woo, probably my whole life or Mm -hmm, maybe a few mm -hmm. of my past lives, but that's when I like really started to like, oh, this is like a whole realm of my life that I want to pursue and dabble in. And I've sort of been in it ever since. What about you? Gosh, I mean, I think of like, I feel like you're going to say, I was two. Like, I feel like you're going to like tell me a story that you like remember in detail. Um, No. Well, I mean, I can think of like watching now and then in the sixth grade or like fifth or sixth grade with my friend Leanne Riley. And there was like this little creek in our neighborhood that we like had made this um, kind of a fort in that we would go hang out after school. And we had watched now and then so many times, which there's this like amazing seance scene in it. And we thought like, okay, we're going to like, we would ride our bikes around the neighborhood, like, you know, <laughs> listening to old D tunes. And we just thought we were going to sneak out in the middle of the night and go to a seance in this little creek fort. But we never did. <laughs> but we like, that was like a real agenda. Like we would set an alarm and go to bed and have our sleepover, but like we never did it. So that's like a, you know, I always had a leaning towards the woo. And mm-hmm. then the other thing that cracks me up is I was, when I was like 15 or 16 and I was dating my first boyfriend ever, um, you know, I think it was like our anniversary. And in Mississippi, there's not that much to do when you're like just learning to drive. Like there's not that many places to go in Hattiesburg, Mississippi to, mm-hmm. you know, hang out with your boyfriend. And we would always go to Books A Million, which was like our Barnes & Noble. We didn't even have Barnes & Noble. So it was mm-hmm. like a Books A Million. So we would always go to Books A Million. And there was this book in there that had really caught my eye. And it was, it was definitely this, it was a witch book. And it was called Hex in the City. <laughs> <laughs> and it had this, like, these like drawings on it. It was definitely, the artwork for the book looked like I don't know if you know are familiar with like Stila makeup, but back in the oh, day, it yeah. used to have like the girls drawn yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the artwork for this book looked very similar. And I, I wanted this book. I wanted to cast spells. And I guess my boyfriend at the time had like noticed me reading it a lot or like mm-hmm. picking it up every time mm-hmm. we would go and being kind of like, I'm interested. And so for our anniversary, he bought me Hex in the City. Oh. And it was so funny because probably 
I don't know, like eight years ago. It was right before I moved here. I was at this party with a girl um, who I didn't know that well. And somehow we realized that we both had this book and we were like, oh my God, we were like high school witches, hex in the city. We thought we were so cool. <laughs> but I think more like you, like I de- we got into the secret. My sister kind of brought that to my attention mm-hmm. around the time that that kind of got really popular. And, um, you know, reading Eckhart Tolle, like, or Tolle, how do you say it? Is it Eckhart Tolle, I, I believe. Know. I believe it's Tolle. Um, but uh, reading his book when I moved to LA and going through my really bad breakup, I had picked up this book that was like the beginner's guide to the Eightfold Path, which is oh, an okay. introduction to Buddhism. Mm-hmm. And I just loved the philosophy of it. And I love the idea of like, non-attachment, although I'm not sure that that's even something I could do now that I have a child. I've yeah. decided, I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't, I wish, but I don't think so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's always kind of lingered. And mm-hmm. it's funny because um, when I was getting married and my best friends did my speech, they did it together and they definitely mentioned a lot of woo-woo things. And it's funny because I don't always think of myself as presenting to other people right. that way. Yeah. And then I realized like, oh, I do. I'm, I'm woo-woo. Yeah. People yeah. consider me woo-woo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's like the thing is like, um, I mean, there's probably so much that you and I do in like our everyday lives that like leans woo-woo, I think. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, being married to somebody who's not very woo-woo. Mine either. Oh, it's so funny because like on New Year's Eve, for instance, I'm like, well, I need to write down a list of all of the things that I want to leave in the year behind me. Mm-hmm. And I'm in my pajamas and Nathan's like, what are you doing? Because I go out front with like a pot <laughs> and, a, and a lighter with this list of like things I want to get rid of. Yeah. And um, in the driveway and there's like other people doing fireworks in the neighborhood, right. but I'm out there burning my list right in the pot. <laughs> and all of a sudden I turn around and the garage door is like closing behind me. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> and Nathan's like locking me out of the house and for the I, new year, for the new year. Yeah. And <laughs> I come leave you. Behind. I come back in and he's like texted his whole family and he's like, Jordan's in the driveway burning her chakras. <laughs> like, oh, Ooh. so it's, yeah, it's not for everyone. But then I have this one ritual that his whole family has taken on, which is hilarious because I grew up with this and it's a moon ritual. And it's when the full moon happens. And my mom always did this. We always did this. You open your wallet to the moon and you look at the moon and you say, full moon, full moon, full moon, fill her up, fill her up, fill her up. What? Yes. And I don't know why, but it's like the months you do it, I do know why. It's because you've set that intention yeah. and you're looking for it. Yeah. So all of a sudden, like a $250 check comes in the mail, oh, like I'm something adding weird. adding that to my calendar. Add it to your calendar, girl. <laughs> so it's so funny because even his whole family, I wouldn't consider very woo, but they, they're all like, well, I, you know, I'm opening my wallet to the moon every month. And oh my it's, goodness. <laughs> you just See, never know. That's amazing. Well, one of the things I really appreciate about you is that you're not afraid to do like your burning ceremony on New Year's, like you're not embarrassed or like afraid to do it. I felt a little embarrassed when the garage door closed. <laughs> 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 oh my God. Yeah, that's, so, I mean, there's a lot of times where I like want to do stuff that I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm there yet. But then I've like, like hypnobirthing is actually a really good example. Hypnobirthing was my gateway to seeing a chiropractor. My hypnobirthing teacher was, is a chiropractor. And I had, never like trusted chiropractic care. Like always thought that was like not for me and dangerous and all the scary things, which I think, you know, anything when you don't know or trust your provider, I mean, lots of uh, traditional medicine can be kind of scary. Oh my God. There was that documentary about people 
leaving all the things in their body. I mean, everybody's just going to work every day. Like it's, you know, everybody's, ah, yeah. So anyways, that like, and then I like became to, I trusted her and came to it. And then I was like, oh, I can, I can see a chiropractor. Like that makes sense to me. So sometimes like, it's like easing into it and like having, well, tarot is a great example. I always thought tarot was like witchery that I didn't understand. Mm -hmm. And then you and I were at a shop together and you were like, I've always thought that you would like this tarot deck. And I was like, oh, that's beautiful. And like Mm -hmm. ever since then I've gotten into tarot and I don't really know what I'm doing still. And I, and I feel, and I think that's part part of like some of woo, but maybe just life in general is sometimes when you get started with something new, you don't know what you're doing. And so sometimes you can get like nervous or be like, am I doing it wrong? It's so true. The first night I ever did it, um, I like, I knew a little bit about the deck. And like Mm -hmm. the thing about tarot that's interesting is like there are cards you don't necessarily want to draw. Like it's not all like, roses, you know, and that that can feel scary because it's like, oh, what is this saying? So the first night I drew, I drew for Nathan Mm -hmm. and he thinks all this stuff is he's, he calls it literally dark sided. Like he's like, (laughs) he becomes like the God warrior. And if you don't know who the God warrior is, please YouTube the God warrior. We'll add it to the show notes. Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) Love it. Anyway. But so Nathan, he's kind of like, no, no tarot for me. Uh, It's too, it's too much, but he did let me do a reading for him. And when I did it, I drew this card that I had a lot of fear around. And I was like up all night. Like, what does this mean for Nathan? Like, like very concerned and worried. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny now. I mean, I just don't feel that way at all. Um, yeah. If I felt nervous about something or like it was telling me something I didn't want to know or reaffirming something I didn't want to know. Because really it's, you know, you're just projecting your subconscious onto whatever you're seeing. And yeah. that's what's being reflected back to you. And that's why it works and why it's so neat. Yeah. Um, but you know, now I would pull like a clarifying card or something. It's just, there's ways, That's a good idea. ways to make it less scary. Yeah. And also- I never pull a clarifying card. That's, I, I do. To oh, do that. I'm, uh, sometimes like, I'll have more clarifying cards. what does that mean? Cards what does the, that mean? <laughs> than the actual What are you trying reading. to say to me? <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. I can't, you know, and one of the questions we have here is kind of what's too woo for you. And is there anything that is too woo for you? Mm-hmm. And I've really been like trying to decide like if there is, and I don't know that there is, I feel like I'm the kind of person who can like, if I want, I'll try anything. And then I kind of can explain away like what I do or don't like yeah. to myself. Yeah. I mean, for me, the thing that I put is ridiculous, which is um, coffee. So <laughs> Adam, my husband sent me an email about bulletproof coffee many, many, many years ago. And I was like, what? You want me to put butter in my coffee? That is disgusting. And like, no. And now I drink Bulletproof coffee every single morning. Mm -hmm. So it's like one of those things where like maybe something to me right now, I'm like, I don't have the bandwidth to take on that woo business. But I'm never going to say never because there's so many things that I'm into now that I would have thought was like witchcraft or craziness, or just not like what is too woo, nothing or everything. It just depends on your perspective. Yeah. Well, I think that about wraps up woo episode, but we kind of want to know from you, tell us your woo story. Let us know. We want to know. Thanks guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you, friends, for listening. Please connect with us at thatsprettywoo.com and on Instagram at thatsprettywoo. Make sure you subscribe to catch next week's episode and share our pod with anyone you know who's into stuff. That's That's Pretty pretty woo. Woo.